the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Brought to you by California Closets. For the love of home. Welcome back to the program. Still coming up in the next uh, couple of hours. In fact, I'll try to get to it. I'll try to get to it before 4.30. I have that uh, pair of Porkapalooza tickets to give away. Uh, You're going to have to know your Loverboy trivia for that. And I have, again, another pair of Beyonce tickets. Uh, You're going to have to know Beyonce pretty good to win those. We've got that collage of music. Hey, Matthew, do you want to play that collage one more time? Matthew? Matthew? Can you play that collage one more time? There you go. Piece of cake. Four uh, Beyonce tunes, one Destiny's Child. Um, as I say, I'll take your calls in uh, sometime in the next hour and a half. You're going to have to identify those songs, and you're going to have to do it in the right order to win those tickets. But right now, I've got a couple of guests in studio. Let me ask you a question, listeners. Chadville, do you ever feel like you have too much to do and perhaps not enough time to get it all done? There's an Edmonton company hoping to connect busy families and individuals with local helpers to get your chores done. Web-based startup company SquidArms.com, the brainchild of two local mums, Lori Wang and her longtime friend, Veronica Young. Lori and Veronica joining me now in studio. Ladies, thank you so much for uh, coming in this afternoon. Thanks for having us. Well, let's start at the beginning, shall we? What uh, What's this company all about and what made you want to develop it? Uh, so Squid Arms is what we call probably the Airbnb for getting chores done. <laughs> so we connect uh, busy families, seniors, and professionals with helpers in the local community that can either come and do your do different chores, whether it's household things, build IKEA furniture, your honey-do list, shoveling snow, cleaning, running errands, that sort of thing. And um, it's a uh, it, there's reviews and ratings as well, and you book it online, and you pay online when the chore is completed. Okay, so you said it's like the Airbnb of uh, of chore helping, I guess because why? There's reviews? Yes, there's reviews, and also you it's kind of a la carte style. So you get to look through, bra- the shoppers browse through the site, look through the different chores that are available, the helpers set their own rates, set their own schedules, and it's an agreement between the shopper and the helper. Okay, and what made you think that this was a service? Now, it's a brand new company, right? Yes. yes. January you launched? This is only February? January, yeah, January 22nd. <laughs> All right. Before I ask how many helpers you have and how many clients you have and that kind of thing and just how fast you've grown, what made you think that this was a good business? I, I'm trying to find a way to word this where it doesn't sound like I'm cynical because I'm not. <laughs> but but the two of you must have just been talking one day and one of you said to the other, you know, it would be really helpful, that kind of thing. Is that how it came about? Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a busy mom of two and I have mommy friends. Veronica actually isn't a mom, but uh, she hangs out with me. So. Veronica, get on top <laughs> <Yes>. of that. <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, for the longest time, I've just always been, me and my mommy friends are always like, oh, if only we could find someone to weed the garden or, uh, you know, to help me do some light cleaning or to run some errands for me. Because, for example, for me to haul two kids in their winter gear out to run errands, it takes a whole afternoon, right? Dare, dare I ask, uh, isn't weeding like, you know, isn't that, what about a husband? <laughs> 
That's you don't know her husband? Oh, really? All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's he's also busy too, right? And he has other things to do. He changes the oil in the car. Like, does, I thought you were going to say he he's things. useless. That's what I thought you were going to no. say. But, no, he's busy. Okay, fair enough. He's probably listening right now. I'm so sure I'm he is. Sorry, yes. And Valentine's Day is coming up, yeah, so, oh, yeah. you know, we're going to stay on the nice side. Uh, but it's one of those things where, like, some people enjoy it, but weeding would take me about three hours probably because I have this massive, I inherited a massive perennial garden. Uh-huh. Uh, so we found that those three hours I could be spending time with my kids. I could be hanging out with my friends, even going for a run. Those are, sometimes it's it's uh, opportunity cost, right? Okay, so how does that differ from, uh, because I really want to understand this, This is it, it's we're not making it sound as unique as I actually believe it to be. How does it mm-hmm. differ from a temporary employment agency where you would just phone and say, I need a laborer to come over and weed my garden? I think the difference would be they don't have a contract with, you know, this middleman. So we don't need these people to, like, we're not forcing them to work for us and um they yeah they get to set their own hours their own schedule i think then they have more control about the work that they want to do and that um they can okay. kind of provide better customer service that so way. this is where it becomes uh, a cross between uh, airbnb then and uber yes mm-hmm. so you've got they can take the work not take the work they don't have to they can make themselves available for some types of jobs and not others Yes, that's right. Okay, all right. That's right. And so, like Airbnb and like... Uh, the the comparison to Airbnb is that I can review and see if guys were good or bad, or mm-hmm. girls and guys. With Uber, I can find out who's available at any given time and how long it would take for them to come get me. So, can I do that with you guys? Yes. So, you can, mel- you can message the helper and ask them, oh, yeah, are you available next week? Also, on their profile, it, it also says, like, I'm available 10 till 6 on Monday to Friday, that sort of thing. With a list of kinds of things I'm capable yes, of doing? Yes, and also, it, yeah, so they offer different types of chores. So, you know, you, you can do organizing homes, and you can also offer dog walking and different rates for each. Uh, and then on the profile, it also says, you know, where they'll, what locations, like some of them are willing to go to Shore Park. Some of them only want to do Central Edmonton and West Edmonton. So is there a list of, and the website, by the way, is squidarms.com, right? Yes. All right. So I go to squidarms.com. I'll see all the helpers that are available to me yes, and, and what can. they are prepared to do. Yes, you can. Okay. What if there's jobs on there that are not listed? Let's say that I need somebody to shave my cat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just really don't want to do it. Cat yes. needs to be shaved. Yes. How do I know which of those helpers would be appropriate for shaving cats? So, first of all, uh, we will probably we can always mention that to our helpers out there. Yes. <laughs> yes. You'd yeah. like to you get might want to add that. Cat. Yeah, let's yeah. add that. Uh, we also have it in categories too, right? So, I mean, you would probably look up pets. You can search. So you'd probably search pets. And there's people who do pet sitting and love pets and dog walking. So you can always just message them and ask. That's what we also say. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it's not specific, like what you specifically need. It's not on there, but you can always message them. Okay. Um, We've had someone who asked for somebody to type up thank you cards, uh, thank you letters for two to three hours. That's brilliant. Right? And so that's something that our helpers are able to do. It's not on there specifically. I can type that up. Like I can type letters. But, you know, we have people who say, I can do personal assistant stuff. Mm -hmm. I can do filing, that sort of thing. Hey, that's a great idea. Now, I'm sorry, I I sort of paused there for a second, because I'm thinking about where I could actually use that service, but I don't need it on a regular basis, and I don't want somebody that I have to, you know, hire, fire, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. week to week. Uh, That might be interesting. All right, so what are we doing to make sure that the people coming into other people's homes are safe, sound, don't have criminal backgrounds, that kind of thing? 
I think definitely um, it's up to the shopper. You look at the reviews, check out the helper. On our end, when people apply, we make sure to meet up with them in person. We check out their ID. Um, they give us some references that we call and make sure that they can do the work that they say they're going to. But in the end, um, definitely um, it's a shopper's choice. So okay. it's up to them who they want to develop a relationship with. Have you had, now I know it's a brand new company, and I'm sure you'll have a different answer to this in a year's time, but have you had any kind of requests that you kind of thought, what the hell? <laughs> uh, Luckily, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Our, uh, actually, like uh, the, the the more common things have been, you know, household, organizing the home, uh, seniors. Uh, we've had some pretty creative things that the helpers have come up with, like mm -hmm. Beginner's Guide to Microsoft Office. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Oil a great changes. idea, too. Yeah. yeah, spending an hour to teach you how to do Excel, that sort of thing. Oh, In-home yoga. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> French well, lessons. What's, what's the cost? Like, for example, that's a great example you guys just used, because every now and then there'll be some piece of software, like a, a Excel spreadsheets or something, and it would be great um, if you could have somebody come in, spend an hour, run through it with you, and then leave you, and not have to pay a whole lot of money. So uh, how much would that cost, for example? If I wanted somebody to come in, teach me some software that they were qualified to use, uh, I'm not sure what he listed it. I'm not sure what the guy Generally speaking, what's Probably, the range? It's, our, the ranges have been 15 to $30 an hour, generally, so that's... That's not bad. That's not bad, so 15 to 30 yeah. Okay, I'll tell you what you guys are missing. What? Uh, an app. Yes. You need an yes. app. I'm sure you're thinking about that. Yes, that's definitely in the long-term plans. We just wanted mm -hmm. to launch this. It's mobile-friendly. We're trying to prove the concept, get it out there, get it to Edmonton. Right, so you can do it on your yeah. phone, right, yes, obviously, exactly. but you yes, just exactly. don't have an app to go mm -hmm. with it. Okay, yes. well, that's, yeah, definitely that is what you're missing. So how successful have you been so far? You launched January 22nd. Um, so far, there's been a lot of traffic. We've had uh, about 200 people register, and uh, we've had lots of uh, applications that we're still going through, and um, we have about 30 chores listed now. And how many? How about customers? Customers, we've had... Uh, so a total of like people who've registered and actually like bought stuff, probably up, uh, up to 10. That's a start, yeah. for sure. This sounds like something you should be pitching on uh, Dragon's Den. <laughs> yeah. If we ever get to that point. All right, so listen, girls. All right, we need an app, and we need to get to Dragon's Den. Those are the two things we need to do. In fact, I'll take 33% of your business <laughs> off you just to arrange those things. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> sure. All right, sounds good. So the app, well, there isn't an app. Sorry, the website is squidarms.com. The ladies are Lori Wang and uh, Veronica Young. Um, by the way, we were talking about price range. Mm -hmm. But it can. Be, you're saying when it's like thirty to fifty dollars. But I can, if say I want to be to 30, yeah. okay, fifteen to thirty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But can I, as a vendor, set my price range anywhere? Yes. And do you mind me asking how you make your money? A commission on that? Uh, we we charge a service fee. Yeah. Once okay. the chores are actually done, and then um, the cost comes out of the total price for the helper. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, have you had any disputes yet? Um, so no, far, none. Yeah. Like, the helpers have been very reasonable, and sometimes if, you know, they take less time or more time, they can adjust the quote, too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's, be yeah. When they so what has the been shop. the most common request, then? Common Definitely cleaning. cleaning. Cleaning and organizing the home. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking... I'm thinking about, and I'm sure, and, I, and I'm knocking on wood if I can find some somewhere here. Um, you know, the whole debate with Uber is that uh, Uber, of course, is putting taxi drivers out of business. Mm -hmm. So uh, have you thought about or anticipated in any way that, say, a cleaning lady or a cleaning company might, for example, take offense to <laughs> you providing that service at a cheaper price? We have some, um, like, 
self-employed cleaners actually listed on our website. And well, we've had are. other people um, approach us. They have their own business, but maybe they want to offer something aside from their, you know, regular cleaning sure. business. So yeah, that makes sense, it's just actually. It's like an expansion, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Business. That does actually make sense. I'm thinking now I should register with you guys as a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I charge more than 30 to 50 an hour, though, is the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm well, I'm well worth every bit of it. Uh, ladies, thanks for taking the time to come in. I wish you the best of luck with your business. I think it's a smart idea. I think it's going to be successful. Thank you. And uh, now, uh, no husband? No husband. <laughs> right, well, let's work on that as well. We'll add that to the list. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad. Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. <laughs> you know, there's uh, there's several responsibilities when you're a producer here at 6:30, Chet. Yeah, uh, morning, Scott. One of them, of course, to book the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, another to uh, pre-screen the guests, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, put out the uh, the agenda. What do you call it? The rundown for everybody. But you know, one of the most important jobs a producer has. Uh, I do not know. Make the make the talent happy. That's right. Yes, that's exactly right. So right before you came back again, Graziano took the time to come on in and tell me it was 15 degrees in Cancun. Oh, yeah, and overcast. Wow. Yeah. Now I don't believe that's true, but I'm not going to look just in case it might be. Yeah. I checked this morning, and the long term were 25 and partly partly cloudy uh, later on in the week. The good news is it can't last, right? It doesn't. The good news so, is, I'm in Cancun. Yeah, it's 15, 15 degrees is pretty nice. Yeah. We're just talking about how minus six exactly. today was nice, right? Exactly. So, yeah. I, and by the way, I prefer, I'm not hoping would for have been it. Worse news if you would have come in and said it's 15 overcast and the bars are closed. Yeah, there's a, yeah, exactly. There's some kind of liquor strike going on. <laughs> um, I'm always warm. I'll tell you what, sunshine aside, mudslides, uh, they'll warm you right up. And I actually prefer to swim in the ocean when it's raining or overcast. So. Totally good. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, folks. I know a lot people get upset with me that I talk, I talk about going on vacation. I know I just Again. got back. Yeah. Again. But I had planned this trip quite some time ago with my family, and then mm-hmm. the other one came up with the listeners. They're both yeah. two different trips and couldn't cancel, and what are you going to do? Take two vacations to Mexico. That's, That's what you're going to do. exactly what I'm going to do. So, hey, uh, we <laughs> were talking earlier, Morley, about uh, Valentine's Day, and you said you had nothing really planned no. other than supper tonight, Yeah, which is pretty good. Um, may I ask, <clears throat> now, how long have you been married? Uh, be uh, oh, way too long. Thirty-one. Buddy. Way too long. What? I've been married way too long. No, no, boom. no, no. You got to answer that one. <clears throat> boom. Well, I was trying to. I was trying to think if it's thirty-one. Ask or me how long I've been married. How long you've been twenty-three married? years combined? Right. Yeah. No. Well, uh, no. Thirty. If you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a husband for thirty. Uh, thirty-one years. We've been married. Thirty. Thirty-one coming up in June. To that lovely little bride of yours. Yes. Eh? Yes. Uh, what's the most romantic? I don't know what she did wrong, but yeah. Well, I've I've said it many times. I'm dating way out of my league. Uh, What's the most romantic gift you ever got her? Hmm, that's a good question. I'll think about it. Vacuum cleaner would not be the right answer, correct? I did sewing machine one time for Christmas. Man. Yeah. That still comes up. Unless they ask for it, those don't go over very well, right? Uh, Maybe a trip. Uh, That doesn't count. Just, you know. It doesn't, eh? No, well, not according to my wife, because I've uh, done this before. Because you probably take trips anyway. Well, right? because her thing is I'm on the trip. Like, a real gift would be a trip without me. <laughs> Which, you know, valid that. point. I can see that. Valid yeah. point, yeah. Um, here, how's this? This is a Saskatchewan man. Um, now, his name is, um, I don't know his first name. His uh, last name is Tolfson. 
Oh yeah. Uh, on the, his fourth date with the uh, uh, the woman who ended up being his the fiance, future Mrs. Tollefson. Yeah, but they're not married yet. Oh, but they're engaged. Okay. Uh, on their fourth date, Tollefson uh, revealed. Oh, sorry, that's the woman is Tollefson. She revealed that she was born with only one kidney, and that it was no longer functioning properly. And you know, you have debates all the time about when do you tell someone news mm. like that? Yeah. Like whether, you know. Because it's whatever. none of their business if it's your first date, right? Exactly. Or second date. Exactly. Even, right? yeah. So, you know, fourth date apparently is when you tell them uh, your kidney doesn't work. And so well, here's what happened. Her father had been identified as an organ donor match, uh, but then he'd become sick with, with kidney cancer and passed away. So her hope for a kidney donation was over. Over. Um, so she tells this guy. Now, here's the deal. People can live with kidneys uh, without any kidneys at all. You can, but that means you have to go to dialysis. Mm-hmm. Um, she was already doing that. She was doing it every night. Uh, her future prospects weighed heavily on her mind, so she told her future, uh, well, she told her boyfriend. So what did he do? Gave her his kidney. That's a pretty good gift. To a fiancé, it sure yeah. as heck is. Yeah. Wow. Would you do that? Let's back up. See, again, you took way too long with that. <laughs> way too long. How long have you been married was the easy... I don't even know this Tolleson lady. I don't know if I'd give her my kidney. <laughs> back up. You're dating someone. Yep. And they tell you that the <clears throat> kidney doesn't work. Mm-hmm. At that point, do you, out of, I mean, we're Canadians, so we're very polite. Do we say, oh, I should go get tested and see Sorry. if Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Or do you just go, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, that's, that's, well, it depends where you are in the relationship, how much, if fourth you know. Date. If, if, fourth date. Yeah, if the yeah. fourth date, I think I might wait to the sixth date, maybe. Or, All right, so now. I, I don't know, I, I think you <laughs> yeah. got to decide where, is this the person, the woman, or the person that you, is your soulmate? Are you, do you want to spend the rest of your life with her? And would, well, your kidney's going Would out. you like to spend the rest of her life with you? Yeah. And if so, then would you like to make her life longer? Right. right? <laughs> and let's not forget that, you know, that leaves you with only one kid. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So four dates. Obviously, too soon. Oh, way too soon. All right, so now dating has uh, progressed. Four dates, that's for me. It's like when I'll start paying for you. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, isn't it the other way around? Around the fifth date, we should, you should be we should be sharing yeah. costs. You're now engaged. Mm-hmm. Would you give your... I want you to think back to being engaged to your wife. Would you give her your kidney? I think so. At the engagement stage. I think so. Well, hmm. engagement, that's... You're committed then, right? I mean, it's In just a matter. Of, it's just not your wedding day yet. I mean, you're if you're engaged, you're getting married for the most part. Well, nine out of ten. Okay, times. yeah, but you're not necessarily staying married. I mean, I was married once, so I was engaged to a yeah. woman who I then married. Yeah, but when you when you married that your first wife, yeah, you didn't do you didn't think you're going to get divorced, did you? Well, no, maybe you did. No, I don't know. No, I didn't, and that's, that's why I'm saying, yeah, I'd so, rather hold on to my kidney. You, yeah, but at that time. That person is the most important person in your world, and you want to do what you can for her to make her life better and your life better with her. So I'd say, yeah, for sure. Well, there's a gray area there somewhere. Because right now, if Carol needed an organ, you don't have to ask twice. I'll do it. If my kids needed an organ, no problem. Mm -hmm. Although I I doubt very much that any of my organs are in any kind of shape to go in anybody (laughs) else's body. I'd basically, I'd feel like a... We're talking kidney, not liver. Right. right, Well, yeah, I know. But I've I've abused my body badly over the years. And and, and there's no warranty on this. I'm telling you right now, you're probably getting a lemon. But if I backed up to when I was engaged to Carol and she needed a kidney... I, 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 if that, I'm being honest, I... That could be because you'd already been through one. Maybe. Right? Maybe. And you said, hey, this, ha- I, I don't have a very good track record here, 
this might not end the way I think it's going to end. Hey, just so you know, I wasn't the problem. Well, okay. wait, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Women with me don't have a very good track record. Right, right? there you so, go, yeah. In case she's a problem, not me. So uh, something to think about. We've got yeah, uh, taking a break. Uh, I know. it's Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, taking a break for news. When we Sophie's back. Choice, I believe they call that. Yeah, exactly. We'll have the contrarian economist Todd Hirsch on. But hey, uh, during the course of the rest of the afternoon, why don't you text me 630-630 and tell me what the most romantic gift you ever gave or received was. The 630 Chad Afternoon News, brought to you by California Closets, for the love of home. Well, it's Friday, and you're listening to that music, so you know what that must mean. Time to talk to Todd Hirsch, our contrarian economist. Now, there's been a lot of emphasis lately on government infrastructure spending as a way to boost Alberta's economy, both from the federal and provincial governments. And there's also been a desire for the shovel-ready project to get things going quickly. But hold on. Could this do more harm than good? For the answer to that, we check in now with Mr. Hirsch. Hey, Todd. Hey, how are you guys? Not too bad at all. Actually, Jalen and I is up in Resolute Bay this oh, afternoon. Oh, lucky yeah. her. Well, I guess is that up there this time of year? I don't know. I've well, speaking there, of but... uh, speaking of exotic destinations, did I not see you tweeting from somewhere really great a couple of days ago? <laughs> it's a secret. No, I was in Maui this week. I know. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm I'm very fortunate. I was uh, speaking at a conference there, but I'm trying to keep that on the down low so no one really. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not getting a lot of sympathy. <laughs> well, you know what? I, no, nor am I. I'm off to Cancun after this show, so literally oh. leaving tonight. Um, I'm curious, though. Um, do you mind asking? Do you mind me asking? It, it was no. an, it was an economic conference. I'm assuming it was. It was the Western Canadian Road Builders and Heavy Construction Association. They be- have all okay. four Western provinces. Their uh, provincial groups have a big AGM every year, and some are nice, like Maui. And for the second year in a row, they've uh, honored me, bringing me in as a speaker. So I was very happy to oblige. And what was the feel among that group? Well, it's interesting. A year or two ago, it would have been dominated by Alberta construction and road builders um, who were doing very well. And now that's all flip-flopped. The Alberta contingent this year was smaller. But BC is actually coming on strong. And the BC road builders and heavy construction group, uh, they are seeing actual better conditions than they've been seeing in the last couple of years. So, and Manitoba as well. So we've seen a little bit of a flip-flop. Alberta and Saskatchewan used to be at the top. Now in Western Canada, they're, they're kind of at the bottom of the heap, but BC and Manitoba are still doing pretty good. Interesting. And I know yeah. I want to talk about these shovel-ready projects, and uh, but, you know, it is interesting because we spoke last week and we were talking about, you know, the trickle-down effect and how other companies and other industries would start feeling the effect, a domino effect. And, uh, man, I, and I know you're doing a, a keynote presentation, as I talked about last week, for not-for-profits coming up in March. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm seeing it. And, and I've talked to other festival organizers. They're seeing it, where companies are just wanting to take a break this year from sponsoring an event because it's a non-necessary yeah. expense. But, yeah. man, it's tough. It is really tough, and it is going to be, uh, uh, you know, a difficult year for, I think, not-for-profits across the board um, because they are seeing not a a less generous spirit from their corporate donations, but um, simply an inability for those corporations to uh, donate as much. Exactly. So it's going to be tough, and I think, you know, these are the kinds of years where uh, Albertans, the 92% of us who are still fortunate enough to be working, uh, really maybe need to dig a little bit deeper, if we can, 
to support a lot of these not-profits because they are having a difficult time. Yeah, and you know, uh, one of the th- conversations that I've had, and I'm sure this is something you'll probably touch on in your presentation uh, next month, but asking companies rather than writing a check um, to provide a donation in kind um, is just another way around that. You know, somebody who rents out AV equipment, for example, if uh, possibly they could donate that to us instead of us writing a check for it or instead of them writing a sponsorship check. I, I think all not-for-profits have to start thinking about, well, they have to start thinking outside of the box to make the, the bottom line work. That's right. And I worked for a not-for-profit uh, for years back in the 90s when the economy was also bad. And one of the things that we always had was donated office space, mm. uh, which acted as a tax write-off for the companies who were donating the space in kind. Uh, they ended up, they had too much office space on their hands that they couldn't sublet out. So, I mean, that was another example of uh, a donation in kind uh, that doesn't need to be financial. And it also gave us really... Uh, uh, some of your some really nice office space too. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I, I normally don't throw you under the bus this uh, early in our conversation with the, <laughs> with a topic you weren't expecting. But you're exactly right. I mean, we we turn around. We have those expenses. If we can, I mean, we get the, the the sponsorship money in order to pay for those. So if we can just get the services or the goods instead, we're we're just as good. So yeah, or yeah. even even seconding out talented people that you don't necessarily want to get rid of. Yeah, true. That you don't maybe have enough work for them to be doing at the moment. Uh, second them out for a year or two. Uh, especially financial people who are good with, uh, you know, fundraising or those kinds of things. If there's ways that you could second people as a donation to a not-for-profit, another excellent way of holding on to that that talent within your company, but also providing really valuable resources to uh, not-for-profits. Well, the one thing we've had to cut out is sending our people to uh, Maui. Now, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you had to bring that. Yeah, I couldn't resist. Uh, so we were talking about Shovel Ready. I know there was a big announcement yesterday, uh, the provincial government saying under the CIP uh, grant program that another $10 million, I think, was the figure available. So tell me, what is the downside of Shovel Ready projects? Yeah, well, this whole idea actually was inspired by some of the conversations I had in Maui with the road builders and heavy construction people. They are really eager, of course, to get going on shovel-ready projects. You know, the faster the better. The problem with shovel-ready projects is that shovel-ready itself is not a necessary and sufficient condition. It also has to be shovel-worthy. In other words, if the project is kind of ill-conceived, if it's maybe going to end up costing taxpayers in maintenance in the long run, uh, if it's, uh, you know, if we spread money so thinly across the country on tiny little projects that are more or less useless for longer-term economic development, we're going to lose a real opportunity. The, the best example, and, and one that, you know, ended up being a, a political liability for the, the uh, federal conservative government, were all those gazebos built in Muskoka in Tony Clement's uh, riding. Yeah. Well, at the time, they were part of those shovel-ready projects to get going on, and they were completed. But a year or two later, they ended up being a big embarrassment for the government because, you know, in, in uh, where there are much more uh, necessary projects, infrastructure projects, uh, roads, intercity or intra-city transport, uh, light rail transit projects, you know, and then money being spent on a gazebo. So it ended up being an, a political liability, but it also ended up being a missed opportunity to look at what are the kinds of infrastructure projects that would give us the best possibilities of improving our economic efficiency as a country in the future. It's probably not the shovel-ready gazebos, but 
the problem is if you're only focusing on what's shovel-ready, you're going to end up with too many projects like that. That's an interesting uh, thought, and I don't want to, I'm trying to think of an example that doesn't, you know, have somebody listening go, but that's my project. But I'm trying to think in terms of, so if we're talking about, uh, you know, say a major overpass or uh, some, uh, you know, big highway uh, extension or LRT, as you mentioned, that might have to go to an engineering company first, and nobody's going to be putting a shovel in the ground for two years as opposed to, say, uh, another rec centre that maybe, you know, that community has not developed enough to be able to support a rec centre, but but it's advantageous because we can start working tomorrow. Yeah, and it is a trade-off. I mean, absolutely, we want to get these projects going as quickly as possible, especially in 2016 when the economy really could use a boost. But uh, the, the metaphor I like is if you're, you know, you go to a buffet or you go to one of these smorgasbords and you're really, really hungry... Well, what you don't want to do is fill up on bread. And that's the first thing at the start of the smorg line is Hmm. bread. And if you fill your plate up with bread, you're going to get that instant gratification. But you're missing the much tastier, much more nutritious and valuable food, which is always at the end of the buffet line. So, you know, in some ways, yeah, you, you want that instant gratification. We want to get going on these projects. But in another way, we have to still be smart about it. We don't want to delay them forever. But we have to be smart to make sure that every dime we're spending on infrastructure is truly going to give us the best benefits in the long run. Yeah, that's fair. I'm thinking, too, of all the arguments that I've heard over the last five years about infrastructure being put on hold and that it caught up with us, building hospitals, building highways, extending this and that. Um, And that might be very well a great example of what you're talking about, where other projects just were a better headline and easier to get to. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's going to cost you more money down the road when you need to replace a whole hospital, something along those lines. Absolutely. And it's also good to keep in mind every piece of infrastructure that is built, be it a hospital or a school or a road or an overpass, uh, requires upkeep and maintenance in the in the future. You know, it's not that you spend it and there it is, it's finished. There has to be, uh, uh, it has to be kept in mind that these, all infrastructure require uh, maintenance money going forward, and we have to be smart about where where is that going to come from, and out of what government's uh, budget. Hmm. So, uh, overview then of the two things that uh, people talk about the most when it comes to the economy, specifically in Alberta, but in Canada in general, the loony um, and uh, dollar per barrel. Where where are we at? Yeah. Well, uh, given all of the volatility we saw in the, this week in both of those, I would still. My position hasn't changed. I don't think we've seen the end of this yet. It's always encouraging the day like today where we see a rally in oil prices and a rally on equity markets. That's, that's a nice way to end the week. But because we are seeing these, this wild volatility, you know, the oil prices, one day it's down $2, next day it's up $3, Monday it might be down $3. This volatility just sort of highlights the fact that the market has not yet found direction. And until it finds direction, I'm not prepared to suggest we've found the, the worst of this uh, of these prices yet. I think we might yet test lower lows. So I, I'm interested in your opinion on what would have to happen. I know you've uh, put it out there a few different times, but it doesn't necessarily mean, does it, uh, to... It doesn't necessarily mean that we have to have a high-value loony combined with a high dollar per barrel of oil. Wouldn't it, in fact be quicker or more efficient, not that we control these things, to have the uh, oil go up, stay there, but keep the loony down? (laughs) 
Well, I guess in the ideal world, um, the problem with the, the loony being so low is that, you know, it, it, it's imposing a lot of pain on importers. Mm-hmm. And when we think of importers, you know, we can think of frivolous things like pineapples and our vacations to Maui and these kinds of things that we don't really need to do. But for small businesses particularly, they have to import a lot of specialized equipment, specialized products that they can only source in the U.S. And if they have to pay 30% more for them uh, and they're having a hard time passing that on to consumers, you know, that is a real challenge for them as a business. But, um, yeah, you're right. What we... Ideally, what we would like to see is some stability in both of them. Mm. Um, it's not so much the level of the, the Canadian dollar right now, because we've certainly been at 72 cents before, many times, in fact. But it's the, the speed at which the Canadian dollar has dropped over the last year or year and a half um, and how quickly it's, it's fallen. That has been the big problem for companies that are maybe locked into contracts, paying in one currency, but now they're selling it in, in another. So... Stability on both is ideal. I don't think we need oil back at 80 or or $100 a barrel. I don't think we need the Canadian dollar at par. Um, what I'd like to see, you know, the best sort of case scenario, we never get to pick this, but, <laughs> you know, a, a Canadian dollar at maybe $0.85 cents and a West Texas Intermediate at $65, uh, that's still a pretty low price to what we're, con- con- uh, what we're used to. But I think if we had some stability there, I think the province could do okay. Good stuff. But. Are, are there any uh, other indicators out there? I always uh, I worry about projects. We talked off the top about projects that take some time to plan, building permits, that sort of thing. I mean, where are we at with that? What's coming down the pipe? Building permits, we did have a report from Stats Canada on building permits for December of last year, just kind of round off 2015. And in December, they did rebound a little bit from November. November, we saw a big, big drop. October, a big spike up. And that was only because that change in the Alberta Alberta building code Mm. that came in effect November 1. So there was a big spike in October, a big drop in November, and then a partial rebound in December. But again, you don't want to look at those months individually. You want to look at the last 12 months. And there we have seen... Uh, an unsurprising decline in building permits in Alberta. Nothing I would call a collapse. It's too easy to use uh, exaggerated words like that. But we have seen a, a decline, probably around a 10 or 15% decline in building permits, uh, depending on what part of the province you're looking at. And that is, uh, that's, that's to be expected in the kind of uh, economic environment that we're in right now. Yeah, for sure. A lot of companies just going to have to ride this out, make themselves more efficient and uh, hold on until that oncoming light is not an oncoming train. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Todd Hirsch, always a pleasure to talk to you. Are you off to anywhere exciting this uh, this weekend? Not this weekend. Well, this week, no, I'll be home here in Calgary, but I'll be up in Edmonton uh, for a couple of things uh, this coming week. Oh, nice. And uh, I was out in Toefield, actually, last week. So it's not <laughs> not always the Maui's that I visit. I do get out into rural Alberta, which is always, uh, always yeah. fun to do, too. Look at you, you name dropper. I don't think Toefield's ever come <laughs> up in conversation. I've certainly been there myself as well. Uh, Todd, have a great one. We'll talk. Uh, well, I won't be here next weekend uh, or next uh, Friday. Jalen and I will. So I'll talk to you in two weeks. Sounds good. Thanks, Andrew. Perfect. Happy Thanks, weekend. Todd. You too. I shouldn't even bring it up because I can't remember the name, but uh, Morley Scott back Good in studio story. again. We were talking about you're going to um, <clears throat> to see Billy Joel. Yeah, in Seattle in May. That's pretty cool. And I was saying I saw George Burns. 
Uh, I'll, I'll think of it over the break. I saw somebody else at that uh, uh, theater. It was at my my parents took me when I was uh, really young, and it's a theater in London. It's a really famous theater. I just can't think what it's called. The I don't know. I'll figure it out. I probably recognize when I hear it. I'm sure someone will text it to you momentarily. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, whoever it was was um, a big uh, crooner. Who's who's a really classic? Come on, man, help me out. Jamie and I would Humberdick. have the answer. No, no. Frank Sinatra. No, almost that caliber, though. Really? Eh? Yeah. Hmm. I'll try. I'll hmm. think of it. Really, was a uh, obviously a pretty important. No, it made no impact on me whatsoever. <laughs> what I remember about it was. Uh, oh, I almost had it. He would, uh, between songs, he would take a golf club and drive little plastic golf balls into the audience. I don't know why he did that. He just whacked them into the mm. audience. And I caught one. I was like five years old. I caught one. Mm. I was so thrilled. And then I dropped it. And it's a theater. So it rolled so down. It rolled all the way down to the front. And I cried through two of his songs to the point where somebody in the front row just started passing it back until I got the golf ball. <laughs> uh, I'll have to... Uh, Famous crew, crooners. That's what I'll have to Google. Yeah. I, and I'll tell you who it is. So what, this is obviously a long time ago. Well, I was five. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like 67 years Like 50 years ago, years ago <laughs> or so. Yeah. Uh, you weren't here for it. I was talking to Todd Hirsch, uh, and we are talking about economics and that kind of thing and uh, the Canadian dollar. And I had mentioned um, that it's impacting us a little bit with the festival. But mm-hmm. you know where it's really impacting us is American acts want, are demanding to be paid in American dollars. See the prices of Beyonce tickets? No, pretty expensive. How much? I think it's like three hundred bucks. That's what I heard. Yeah, three three fifty. See, that's what I'm talking about. Because if I pay them in American dollars, and I can't afford, to, yeah. I, I'm not going to put Nobody our ticket can. prices yeah. up. So, but yeah, I'm getting nailed on this. I, I was uh, funny you say that. I was at the uh, the announcement earlier this week about uh, Porkapalooza, yeah, which is going to be around an Eskimo game, right? That's uh, right. Centered around an Eskimo game. So the Eskimos were in on the news conference, and I was there, and stopping by for some for some free ribs with Odell Willis and uh, Darius Bowman. <laughs> no, uh, and um, I got talking to them. And they're here. Like I, I had this conversation with uh, Odell last off season. Uh, he basically said they moved up here for the most part this winter, last winter, because of the dollar, which is eighty cents then. Right? Yeah. Now yeah. it's you know sixty cents. That's so right. You think about what you're making in Canadian money, exactly. In the Canadian Football league, and now you go home to spend the off season at home. You just cut forty percent. That's right. And a lot of people don't realize this, but when you're not a Canadian citizen and you come up and uh, work in Canada. Um, Revenue Canada takes one-third of your income, and that's without talking to you. And then you can apply to get it back, which most do, but sometimes uh, CRA turns you down. Mm -hmm. So now I'm offering American Axe... 60 cents on the dollar but you can yeah and, yeah. and you know well 60 and then a third of that's going to be gone and possibly even yeah. get it back yeah like talk about a tough sell uh speaking though of uh, porca blues we're going to have those tickets for you in the next hour i promise but Be- Be- i was going to say what's her name beyonce beyonce tickets as well that's all coming right up